Hello listeners, this is Kate Watson, counseling extraordinaire, and you're listening to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people in your life in a way hmm, that's more intentional and meaningful. This is going to be a stripped down version of the podcast. I have (laughs) no champagne. (laughs) I have no mac and cheese. Uh, If you follow us weekly, you know that typically Leslie and I are drinking champagne and eating mac and cheese. And I actually have none of Leslie's clever banter this week. That's right. I'm flying solo today. Leslie has the day off. And I am taking this opportunity to circle back to some previously addressed topics so I can offer a little update. Uh, We get a lot of feedback from listeners, and it's helpful uh, when we get the chance to reflect on some of the content because people prompt us to do so. And I I can't tell you how often I find myself learning something new (laughs) and thinking to myself, damn it, I already recorded that episode, though. (laughs) So why not hit rewind from time to time and and revisit some content from the past? Um, This is the first time that we're doing this, but who knows, maybe every season we'll do one rewind episode where we get the chance to go back to something and kind of reopen it and take a look at it in a new way. So I'd like to begin by revisiting Season 1, Episode 6, which was a part of our Tough Love series. And in that episode, we focused on the idea of cutting people off or cutting them out of our lives. And I, I want to circle back to this because I guess I realized this at the time, but maybe didn't put it together, that there is currently a, I guess I'll call it a cultural phenomenon happening where it's been called uh, or branded the the cancel culture. And I won't lie, I got this definition from Wikipedia, please don't judge me, but it says, cancel culture describes a form of boycott in which the called out person is also thrust out of our social and professional circles, either on social media or in the real world or both. They are said to be canceled. And Wikipedia goes on to say, The expression canceling in reference to cancel culture has been used since 2015, but there's been more widespread usage since the beginning of 2018. Okay, so I got to thinking about that episode we did, and I was like, I guess what we were really talking about all along was cancel culture. The idea that someone has done something, I don't like it, and I want to cut them out or cut them off, or the word we were not really using then that I'll use now is maybe I want them canceled. So this is controversial, and I expect that people listening to this podcast will agree with some examples of cancel culture as appropriate, and others will agree that cancel culture has maybe gone too far. Um, Just here are some examples. So Uh, I guess it was a couple years ago now, when it became public knowledge that the CEO of Uber was advising Donald Trump, hashtag cancel Uber or hashtag delete Uber went viral on social media, and the company took a major hit. 
probably about a year ago, uh, but but more recently than the Uber example, when Roseanne Barr tweeted some comments that people found very offensive, uh, hashtag cancel Roseanne went viral and it worked. Her TV show was canceled. We do this to athletes. We do this to musicians, actors, etc. If you say something or do something we don't like, we will cancel you. Now, I I admit, I have even participated in some of these cancellations. Uh, it's what we used to call a boycott. And sometimes I think it's warranted. And sometimes I think it's a perfectly valid way of expressing what is a value of yours and standing up for what you think is right. And I am not at all concerned about the occasional, quote, cancellation. I think individual acts of boycotting are not an issue in my book. And, and many of them are um, very proud moments for people. Uh, 10 years ago, I became a vegetarian because I was unhappy with the way the meat industry was operating in the United States. It's my own little boycott. Do I think the meat industry has taken a huge hit because of me personally? No. But when many people take this stance, yeah, it starts to change the way that our, our systems work. My concern is that this is becoming a bigger trend and a quick almost automatic reaction, and we're not taking the time to consider other options beyond just canceling this person or this company. And I guess I'm starting to wonder, do we really want to live in a world where a mistake or a misstep or a quote taken out of context ends up in us being completely canceled? Are people not redeemable at all at that point? Uh, And I guess I wonder... Would we uncancel a person who apologized for their wrongdoing and took steps to be better in the future? So I guess I thought maybe we would do a little a little thought exercise on this rewind today. And I'll ask you to think about someone who you've either canceled or cut off, or maybe someone who you've thought about doing that to, and... It can be someone you know personally, or a famous person, or a company. Um, probably better if you choose a person rather than a company for this for this particular exercise. But see that person in your mind. Think about the things that he or she has done that have bothered you. Maybe there's a long list. Maybe this person is selfish, or greedy, or racist, or rude. Whatever it is. Think about this person. Now ask yourself, what do you really want? Do you want this person to change for the better? Or do you just want this person to go away? And if you really want this person to change in some way, to be less rude or less greedy or whatever the case may be, I'd like to propose to you that he or she is more likely to change if you show them love and patience and kindness, then if you cancel them in the name of, you know, oh, I'm going to teach this person a lesson. Likely, it's the people who you really want to cancel who may benefit the most from being embraced and loved. I think part of what I'm trying to say is that research shows people change when they are in healing relationships, when they're in relationships with people where they feel safe and supported and respected and dignified, that is when people have 
enough of an open mind and an open spirit to consider being better. And also we find that it's, it's hurt people who end up hurting other people. And so when you're encountering someone who's done some harm, very often it's because some harm has been done to them. And if you can help them heal their own wounds, they may not create wounds for the next person. When I meet someone who seems to be causing some kind of harm to others, I try, and I'm not perfect at this, but I try to at least think about how this person might begin to heal their own wounds because it's people who are wounded who hurt others. And sometimes that healing takes place when we dare to give some caring support. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend offering more love and kindness than you're able to give. So, for example, if you're thinking about someone who has personally hurt you or abused you in some way, maybe you're not the right person to show that love and kindness and patience. Maybe for you, it is best to kind of cut this person out. I, I will leave that up to you to decide. But someone out there, maybe not you, someone out there ought to show this person, this hurtful person, some love and kindness, or they're just going to keep being hurtful. So here's what I might recommend. The next time you're in a position of wanting to cut someone off, cancel them, whatever, please pause before you do and ask yourself, do I want this person to change or do I just want them to go away? And if you just want them to go away, well, okay, cancel, I guess. And if you really want them to change, canceling is not going to achieve that. So the next question becomes, am I the right person to help this person change or am I feeling too hurt? Is this too personal? And if you're too hurt, you might not be able to show the kind of patience and support that he or she will need in order to change. But if you're able to, however, okay, now it's time to seize that opportunity because you might be the right person to actually make a difference. Sometimes I think to myself, you know what? I'm actually in a good position to help this person change his ways because I'm bothered, but I'm not personally injured. I'm exactly the right candidate to help this person improve rather than just canceling this person. I can actually give an example um, uh, in, you know, we, we all have different social circles. So in, in one of my social circles, we have a member of our group who tends to be, oh gosh, he tends to be a bit dramatic. <laughs> He's a little draining. Um, he demands a lot of attention from everyone in the group. And if he's there, when we're all getting together, you can bet there's bound to be a moment in the get-together when everything becomes about him and his troubles and it kind of derails all the fun. And, you know, lately it's seeming like this group that I'm a part of doesn't even want to invite him to things for that very reason. Uh, often, I'm, I'll admit, I'm even one of the people hoping maybe he won't come. However, despite the fact that I'm thinking that, and I'm bothered by his behavior too, I take the moment to pause and I ask myself, do I want him to change his ways or do I want him to just go away? Sometimes I think the rest of the group just wants him to go away, but I want him to get better. 
Um, and I'm not saying that makes me better than the rest of the group. We just see this differently, or maybe they're just more hurt than I am. Um, so in that moment, I ask myself, am I in a position to show him the kind of love he needs to stop being this drain on us? Uh, and I think I am capable of that. He's a friend of mine, and I think I can actually help him feel more secure and potentially even find some happiness. And since I may be one of the few people who are capable of doing that, well, I feel like I ought to seize that opportunity. So even when the group doesn't want to invite him out, I try to make sure I check on him and I invite him to do things. And even if it's just the two of us, you know, maybe I'm just in a better position to support him than they are. And again, that doesn't make me better than them. It means I'm just potentially less hurt by him than they are. And I think the same principle can apply when you're thinking about canceling celebrities or companies. You might say to yourself, wow, this famous person has said something or done something that is so upsetting to me. I find it so objectionable. Canceled. I'm not listening to their music anymore. I'm not watching their movies anymore. I'm not going to this particular sporting event. I'm not wearing the jersey. Maybe that's true for you. However, if you're thinking, wow, I don't really like what the person said or did, but I'm not so hurt that I need to cancel them, maybe instead I can write this person a letter, a positive message to this person, and maybe even help them open their mind or change their mind. It's a little harder with a company or a famous person who you don't have direct access to. But I would pause before you immediately cancel. And as always, please send us your thoughts on that. All right. Well, I realize I'm jumping around a little bit here, but if you can hang with me, now I'd like to take a look back at season one, episode three. Now, technically that one was on consent. It was called Permission to Come Aboard. And in that episode, we spoke about many types of consent. We talked about asking before giving advice, asking before dumping your problems on someone else, um, and asking before you get in someone's personal space or personal bubble. It's the part about physical space and touch and hugging that I'd like to circle back to today. You might recall that I spoke about two seemingly conflicting ideas. On the one hand, it's really valuable, we know, for humans to experience touch, whether it's hand-holding or hugging or kissing or high-fives or whatever. On the other hand, we may be denying a person a right to their own bodies or their own space if we impose hugs and other forms of touch on people who don't want it. So, Sorry if I'm being redundant, but to put that another way, on the one hand, human touch is really good for our psychological and emotional well-being, but on the other hand, it can backfire when it's forced on us. All right, so I recently read an article about this. Now, it was really focused on this idea of physical touch and consent with young girls, and it was actually posted by girlscouts.org, so I honestly have no idea how it made its way to me but I'm glad it did. There was content in the article by a psychologist who works for the Girl Scouts. And the psychologist said, think of it this way. She said, telling your child that she owes someone a hug, 
either just because she hasn't seen this person in a while or because they gave her a gift, can set the stage for her questioning whether she owes another person physical affection when they've bought her dinner or they have done something seemingly nice for her. She goes on to say, The notion of consent may seem very grown up, but the lessons girls learn when they're young about setting physical boundaries and expecting them to be respected will last a lifetime. And it can influence how she feels about herself and her body as she gets older. Okay, so I appreciate that this psychologist articulated what I was trying to convey in our previous episode, but she took it even farther. And that's the part that I'd like to share. She added this cool spin on it where she described the opportunity we miss out on when we focus so much on hugs and kisses to show appreciation. Why not? And it's, it sounds so simple. Why not just ask a child, how would you like to show that you're thankful for this gift? And the child might choose a hug or a high five or to write a thank you letter or whatever. But what's cool about this is the child gets to pick a way to be grateful or to show appreciation. And this can reduce some worry that parents might have about their child coming across like rude or ungrateful if they don't show some sign. And I thought, well, what a cool concept and how simple. Teach your kids to show affection, but offer more options than just go give Uncle Johnny a hug. Frankly, that is so boring and overdone, and kids might come up with some really creative ways to show gratitude or happiness if you let them. And I'd love to teach kids to take an interest in people rather than just giving the obligatory hug because mom said so. That's actually a valuable skill to have as an adult. It's valuable to know how to show affection or appreciation when maybe a hug is not an option. We have smiles, we have handshakes, we have good conversation. These are all options of taking an interest in someone and a way of saying, I care about you or I'm happy to see you that don't have to involve um, hugs if that makes someone uncomfortable. And frankly, I'd rather raise a kid who knows how to stop and chat with a person who's homeless on the street than a kid who just obeys me every time I say, go give Aunt Mary a hug. A kid who expresses kindness in unique ways is, to me, pretty cool and maybe preferable (laughs) over a kid who just coldly gives out mandatory hugs as an obligation. Uh, And again, if you have more feedback on that, please do share. We can always rewind again. But I thought this psychologist um, who, who contributed to the article made a great point about how This consent process can actually be fun and creative and not so limiting as just hug or be seen as rude. All right. So I'm glad I took the time to circle back to some older topics. It it is nice to have the chance to dig a little deeper. I do, however, deeply miss Leslie's humor. So she will be back with me for next week's episode where we will be talking about finding the right time and place for important conversations. And after that, we're going to have a probably two-part episode on well-meaning gift-giving just in time for the holiday season. And until then, folks, please take care of yourselves and others. 
the holiday season is upon us, and this can be a particularly tough time of year for people. So if you celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or other wintertime holidays, you're probably aware that these festive times tend to bring up a lot of family memories, some happy, some painful. So I don't know. I thought maybe let's be extra gentle with people this time of year. They may be wrestling with a lot. So if you'd like to share something with us, please feel free to reach out. You can email us, as always, at questions at onlytryingtohelp.com. And actually, you can reach me directly at kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. Take care, friends. Thank you.